When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Berwick BMW has a range of re-owned vehicles ready for immediate delivery. BerwickBMW.com.au Robot Building Supplies. Robots got it. And deliver. RobotBuildingSupplies.com.au Sonos. Game-changing sound this festive season. Save now on ready-made speaker sets. The Run Home. With Andy and Gazy. No, it's not. No, no, it's not with Andy and Gazy. Not at all. Gazy worked yesterday, but he can only do one day a week these days. We've got the great Dermot Brereton in the house. And what a beautiful house we are broadcasting from for today and tomorrow, Derm, before we Good afternoon. pull up stumps for another year. Lovely to see you. Tell you the too. Pe- tell the people where we are. We are in, what's the name of this golf club? This is club? the King Island. <laughs> the King Island King Golf, Island golf, golf yes. and Bowls Club. Not to be, Bowls Club. Yeah, there's a Bowls Club out here as well. I thought it was a golf club. Yeah, but there's also a bowls, uh, okay. bowling All right. okay. uh, green attached. Hang on, let me read that board up there. Yes, well done. Uh, yeah, we are. And we're Thank in, you. Yeah, of course, you mentioned we're in King Island and stunning place. Not to be confused with some of the best, greatest golf courses Australia's produced. We'll talk about them in a second. And the lovely people down here at King Island. It's fair to say it looks like County Sligo in Ireland at the moment <laughs> and feels temperature-wise rather similar. But oh it is... God stunning, wild, and beautiful. So we're down here for the next couple of days to sample. I know you've been to Cape Wickham before. We played at Ocean Dunes today. And yep. part of the reason we're down here is is to experience the, you know, the, the, the golf lifestyle, golf um, tourism that King Island has to offer uh, for ourselves. But, but to maybe, if we can, act as some sort of ambassadors for the organisations down here, because, listen, I'm a bit of a golf nut, and I've been fortunate in my life to play at some magnificent golf courses. You've got a membership at a brilliant, as brilliant do, as course. As do you. And, but we were lucky to play at Ocean Dunes today in, in hostile conditions. Let, let's be fair. Hostile. Hostile conditions. <laughs> and we'll talk about that. But they Smashing t- a one wood, yeah. <laughs> and it's not deviating, <laughs> and it's, the wind catches it and lifts it. It was tough. It's coming back at you at 45 degrees. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. you're getting 140 no, no. from just braining a drive. No, no good. But it is... No good for your sense of manhood. No. <laughs> no good well, for your sense of manhood. As soon as there's a little bit of a cross breeze of left to right with you, no. that little fade of yours yeah, just... Comes go- into- it just goes on the Clint Eastwood high plains drifter. <laughs> that causes me some havoc. High plains drifter drifts <laughs> through the door. And... Uh, how many balls did you lose there? No, no, until we got to the 12th hole. I've lost, I've lost a cot. I've been playing with a tailor-made TPX5 and uh, had not lost a ball. And then one went sideways on me. And then the next drive, another went sideways on just, me. And went back to back Just holes. for some of our golfing fraternity. No, don't you... A few dubious no, finds. I found out, it! No, you're outrageous. <laughs> that is outrageous, what you're saying. Outrageous. Hey, well, we're... I will say one of the, the funny things about <laughs> down here. I think it's the fourth, the par three. Every hole should oh, be beautiful. on the front of yeah. a postcard. It seriously is a stunning course. You, you stand up on the first tee and you go, 
Wow. Yep. That should be on the cover of Golf Digest. Take and, a photo. Take and, a photo. Yeah, and yep. then you get up on the second turn and you go, oh, I fired a bit early with that last <laughs> comment. So we're I'll on the four. And you hit yours a little shy. And you rolled back. Oh, yeah, did too. And you were going to scunge one out of the bush, which you gave. You, you might have just improved things there for a what, second. Well, I, I did. Uh, accidentally, of course. Accidentally. Uh, accidentally. Yeah. Uh, but there was a funny moment because it's so, every every hole is so close to the ocean. <laughs> you had to move an obstacle out of your line. <laughs> Do you remember what it was? It was a dirty, massive whale bone. It was a, 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 apparently a whale washed up on the beach <laughs> a year or so <laughs> yes. ago. Decomposed on the beach. Yes, and there true. was this... Four and a half foot whale bone. Would have weighed about forty five kilos. It looked like a fence picket. You know, <laughs> the the pole that, that one of the major poles that you put into the ground that the picket fences are lodged upon. Correct. And yeah, it, it was. I broke a little bit off that. I'm taking it home. It, you did. So we played at Ocean Dunes today. Yeah. You have played at Cape Wickham, where we're playing tomorrow. Yeah. Weather permitting, and it doesn't matter, we're going to be playing. <laughs> we're anyway. going out anyway, even if it's just for 30 minutes. And as good as Ocean Dunes is, and it's ranked number 13 in Australia, and, and it's elite, they tell me Cape Wickham's even better. It's, it's like. And it's tough to make, like. Well, it's comparisons like, between the it's two. like going on a blind date and, and you've been called out. You're going on a blind date with one of the cores. Right. You know, what, is the brother included? Leave the brother Let out the of this. Leave the brother out of it, right? <laughs> yeah. up. Yep. Yep. Is there any bad result if you get a blind date with one of the cores? Providing the brother's not part of the equation. Not that there's anything wrong with that, by <laughs> well, the way. You might be quite fond of the brother. Well, there's something wrong are, with my fine. camp, but uh, that's <laughs> yeah. But you you can bat for whichever side you want, Andrew. Um, uh, it's some people will like Ocean Dunes more than Cape Wickham. Personally, being a member of a beautiful and stunning golf course in Melbourne, yep. I think Cape Wickham. It's the most beautiful course I've ever played. Some people say that. It is yeah. windswept. It's wild. You, you could be in County Sligo yeah. in Ireland. And every, every hole, you look at it and you're just drawn. Your eyes are drawn to this southern ocean that just whips up against, even on the calm days. When I played down here last time at Cape Wickham, they said, oh, you guys have got a great day. It, it was howling for what we, not as bad as today, but it was, it was quite quite rugged but it is stunning it and is. i'm not just here to try and no, 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 just, no, to, to, I, no. I, I just i i told you that before we played anyway yeah, yeah. No, it's no, beautiful they, they know what, they know what they've got down here partic- particularly with these two golf courses and we're coming from coming to you from the king island uh golf club which is the 11 hole sort of old school public golf course here which by the way you which look is out the window, darn good if i tell you if it was in northern scotland You'd be paying 250 quid to play on this, and old and old buggers would be raving about it. You mm. get down here and pay 50 bucks for nine holes midweek, and it's a thing of absolute beauty. So um, you're trying to sell a midweek membership down here <laughs> to some Melbourne friends? Yeah, but could here, cost you a few bob to get here, but here, yeah. Well, here's the thing, and this is what um, what I think they want people to. Once you come down here and sample it, it won't be the last time you come down. But I think people give have this view in their own minds, oh, King Island's a bit hard and a bit hard to get to. And well, it's hard for Taswegians, isn't it? They have to fly to Melbourne and then fly back. Is that a fact? Oh, th- is that still going? Can you fly direct the to King Taswegians, Island from Tassie? Can they can, fly direct yeah, 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 in? Yeah, 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 yeah okay, yeah, good. All right. So yeah, it's, a fi- it's about a 50-minute flight out of Moorabbin on Southern Airlines who yeah. do a magnificent job taking groups of golfers and, you know... Not just golfers on, you know, golf tours, like wine tours and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it's 50 minutes out of Moorabbin. Before you get to the peak 
um, cruising altitude, you're already starting to come down. It's yeah. that easy. Yeah. We're staying at a joint called Never Be Rocks. We're very, very lucky to be staying there. It's a beautiful five-bedroom house right on the ocean. If you've got four or five blokes or four or five people staying in that house, you share the cost. This becomes an incredibly affordable but unforgettable and spectacular golfing experience and, and travel experience, for that you, matter. You, you feel, I feel like I'm part of Condé Nast <laughs> with, with that house that we're staying in. And as you say, there's five bedrooms there. Every bedroom faces the Southern Ocean. Oh, it's it's just incredible, the views. Million dollar views. Yeah. Out of every it's, window. It's, I'm really... I hate wrapping up something too much. I know, because it feels like yeah, you're on the take. Feels, and you, I yeah, know no, all of that. And we're not... No, folks, what, yeah. what we're saying here is if you've been thinking about this, if you've got four or five mates and you're all golf fans and you're looking for an unbelievable golfing... And listen, if you've been down here and you've already experienced it and you want to speak on the joint's behalf as opposed to us doing it, feel free to do so. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Talk to us Give about us a, a couple of holes. We didn't see a lot of the cut stuff today, so we can't... Oh, yeah, in difficult conditions. I think we had our moments. <laughs> There's a little par three on the back nine, the 13th, I reckon it was. If, you've know, if you know Ocean Dunes, you know the, it's about 115 metres downhill. Yeah. We were hitting straight back into the teeth of this southerly buster today. Yeah, what you hit? I hit a six iron <laughs> and, and, and half missed it. it. When I hit on a, on, a, on, a, on a still day, I wouldn't hit a six iron, but on a still day, if I hit that shot with a pitching wedge, it's going to find the right, heart, the right edge of the green. But today, because of the wind, it just got a bit... Off the face in the wrong, and then off she went, and away she went. But you're hitting that. That's the condition. Well, in what a spectacular I, hole. I, I, I thought today there was one hole, the, one of the fives were up the top of a hill, and it's at 149 metres to the pin. And so I took a nine iron, thinking, oh, this will get there with the breeze. It flew the green into the rough behind the green. <laughs> I've never hit a 160-metre oh, no. nine iron. So, it, yeah, you're all over the shop, but it's just. Well, here's it's the other, magic. It's here's, just a magic place to be playing golf. Here's the other question for you, because there's a bit of, um, when you come down to a place like this, you sort of want to get, you want to be elementally challenged, don't you? you? You don't want it to be perfect. You like the idea of coming down here and, okay, elements, throw your best at me and see, see who comes out on top. Let, let's see who's going to win this, and generally the elements do. Have you got a story of when you played sport in incredibly difficult conditions? Like the conditions were diabolically bad, but you loved every minute of it? Like you just, you, nature was going to win. You were never going to get the better of it, but you just loved every second of it. My second year of under-19s football yeah, yep. at Hawthorne, yep. we played at the Western Oval. Oh, beautiful. And I won't say it was the windiest game of football I ever played in. Right. It was the windiest day I've ever experienced. Not Surely not windier than today, here. It was about the same right, okay. for the Western yep. Oval. And it was a northerly, a howling northerly. Do you remember back in about 1980, it would have been, there was an umpire strike. Yeah, so all the local umpires were called in to umpire the under-19s. The under-19s umpires, some of them were getting a game in the seniors and reserves umpires were getting the, a, a game in yeah, the I ones. Do, I do remember that. I think well, Vas, that was, Vas, it, Vas might have umpired an AFL, a VFL game back then. Do you I remember Vas yeah, a great bloke. Yeah. I knew his brothers, Adam and... And, oh, gee, I forget the other one. But yeah, they're Frankston boys. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they're my uh, mum yeah. owned a milk bar. But, but anyway, so yeah. what was happening in this game at the Western Oval... Um, it was blowing so hard, not one score was kicked at the northern end for the day yeah, in this under-19s right. game. <laughs> there were blokes 
eager to get into the centre, running over the centre square line, and the umpire, no, free kick to the Ruckman, that old caper. Yeah. The Ruckman would go back and line it up. <laughs> From the middle of the ground. Yeah. And, and, so have, half, was, and have half a yeah, chance. I'm 15 playing in the under-19s, and I got, yeah, get a free kick. And I was a bit underdeveloped, and um, <laughs> some would say still so mentally. But... I'm having a kick. I know they've seen you play golf. You've really got it together. Yeah. Um, Kicking back against the wind, a man on the mark, the pack was forming 15 metres behind him. (laughs) I'm like, come on, you blokes, I can kick further than that. (laughs) I was just... So days like that... They took one look at your calf muscles and thought, there's no way (laughs) this bloke's going to kick it more than 50 (laughs) metres. We would just hold up his clacker. Yeah, but that was an extraordinary day. So something like that. You're getting a few texts here, Andy. Go on, go on. You're in charge of that today. Okay. Only read the nice Best golf trip in Australia. Play those two courses. Cheese Factory, Seafood. And what yes. red wines, then shimmy across to Barn Boogle. Well, that is another thing that people do as well. Well, it's the, they four play courses, that, yeah. the four courses now. It's, it's on. It's on everybody's radar, I reckon. And that's from a uh, uh, Brad. Yep. Uh, one said, "Gee, <laughs> you've got a tough life, Andy, haven't you?" Well, hang on. I played. Th- I played three rounds yesterday, the longest day, and had to leave halfway through the last round down there at Port Arlington. By the way, there's another oh, magnificent oh, little golf course. Andy, not a dry eye in the house. <laughs> You're tough. You're really toughing it out, aren't you? 13th Beach on a breezy day can be like that. If a leading female golfer teed off, it could land. <laughs> I might have just read no, don't too read quickly. That. Yeah, don't read that. Uh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Lost 10 balls that day from Briser. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. yeah no, easily yeah. done, Briser. Easily yeah. done. Okay. No. It's a brute, it's, but it's a beautiful brute, and we can't wait to get to Cape Wiggins tomorrow. Hey, there's a heap on the agenda today. Ash Brown's going to join us. Big night for the Hawthorne Footy Club tonight. Now, yeah, it is. Board, yeah. board meetings, uh, board elections generally aren't the sort of stuff that Civil most Civil wars get dirty. It feels like this one's got a bit, a bit angrier and Nobody's a bit got overtly dirty on the surface, but what happens when you have these civil wars within football clubs... A losing party, if they are not magnanimous, will be lost to the club. Mm. Now, a- Andy Gowers has said, I'm, I'm all for, if we win, to bring the losing side in and we have a chat yeah, and yeah, talk yeah. about it. Yep. <laughs> I was thinking, well, how about Growley? You say, if I lose, I'd like to be brought in and have a chat. Well, you sort of are, aren't you, Mike? Sure You're hoping the other mob are going to be as magnanimous to He's a lovely man, Andy Gowers. Yeah, well, yeah. you know him very, very well. So we'll talk to Brownie, who's a part of the family here, but also does the Hawks Insiders live chat podcast. Uh, he's a man who's been following it. has spoken extensively to both camps. So we'll have a chat to him about Good. why this one's significant. Dane Pino is going to join us from the Phoenix, South East Melbourne Phoenix. They're flying as we get to... The, Pointy end of the NBL. What about the Perth Wildcats last night? Now, we were busy last night. Didn't, didn't get a chance to watch a lot of basketball. 11 points in the last 42 seconds. What they about st- that? They went 14 down. But to beat Melbourne, Melbourne United have an horrible season. <laughs> but you, you reckon you're pretty comfortable if you're leading by double digits uh, with 40 seconds left on the clock. You're generally going to get that one and put it away. Well, that's the equivalent of the Lee Matthews. Goals v minutes. They were more. Well, that is true. No, no, we're talking about seconds in this case. So, yeah, yeah, yeah that is a good true. point. Uh, so, we'll talk to uh, Dane Pino about where South East Melbourne are placed. Deke Smith's going to join us. Uh, the golf is changing, not just down here with the advent of these magnificent golf courses that we've been talking about, but internationally, it's changing up rapidly at the moment. There's this thing called Ultra Golf Championship, that the launch of which has been announced, announced today. This smacks of IPL meets live 
meets new golf order. And Melbourne's got it. It's a 10-city team international tournament. I don't know too many details about this. So, we'll so what's happened several years ago, the likes of Ian Johnson, the, the, the late yep. and great Ian Johnson, uh, CEO at, at uh, Channel 9, then went to 7. Yep. Great, great man. He actually came out once when they were talking about golf and said, golf needs to jazz up. Yeah. And this is a decade or more ago. Oh, it would have been 20 we, years ago. We all love golf. Yep. And he said, but the tournaments at the top level for viewer participation needs to jazz itself up. Mm. Yep. I reckon there's been some really great minds in the last few years. You might like it. You might not like yep. it. Yep. Have thought, how do we find the equivalent of a T20 in golf to, to get uh, people uh, partisan following uh, in, into this sport. So they're trying to come up with these. Some will work, some will fall by yep, the wayside. Yep, yep. So this has got 10 city teams all around the world competing. We'll find out more about it when we speak to today. Melbourne's got a team, the Melbourne oh, the city Rockets. team. So you can't yeah. represent Northcote no, or anything like that? No, I'd love to. You know, we get, I'd love to. Off 18. We'd have a mung bean hamburger Dermot, <laughs> and we'd drive there in our electric cars oh, just for you. Just let uh, me just throw up, you. will you? Just for you. <laughs> uh, keep the text coming through on the 40 weeks temper text. Uh, we're here, of course, for Robot Building Supplies. Robot's got it. The magnificent people at Berwick BMW, a famous next-day servicing available now. We're coming to you from the King Island Golf Club. If you've been down here and you've got a tale of woe or a tale of victory that you want to share with us from your times at either Cape Wickham or Ocean Dunes, feel free to... Get on the line and tell us all about it. A couple of lovely little ones here before you go to the break. I drove one at uh, Cape Wickham, 400 metres downwind (laughs) on a 488 metre ninth hole and flicked a sand iron in. Into the hole? (laughs) No, well, he will be saying into the green. That'll do. do. Uh, Keep them coming, folks. Your calls on the uh, Lawn Hub talkback number. Real Lawn Fanatics use Lawn Hub Fertiliser. No, no, not Gazy Dermot. Coming to you from the King Island Golf Club. Uh, we've been lucky to play at Ocean Dunes <laughs> today. Great, Cape Wickham tomorrow. Great text coming in. Oh, look. Well, the first one is, if they stuck a wind farm on King Island, they could power the universe. Well, that, well funny, because <laughs> we're talking to Cole. Don't mention the war. No, there, yeah. no there's been a real divide in the community <laughs> down here about that, and uh, I think it'll be ongoing. Okay, some of the other ones. Rob, played a game of Super Rules at Williamstown one day. A guy came kicked out from full back. It came back and hit the post. <laughs> two points. Surely two not on the full. The first kick, but the first was kicked from the centre. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Uh, played. In uh, fact, uh, there's, a, there's a question. The, what is the windiest ground? Oh. I mean, the Victorian. Williamstown could probably be it. It might be, you know. Yeah. The Western Oval was pretty bad. Or yep. good, slash whichever way you look at it. From Brett, I played Aussie Rules in Canada. Overseas games, obviously. In 2011. How do you work that out? Uh, yeah, Canada. Um, and a cyclone hit. Oh, we nice. played until <laughs> half time, but then the goalposts blew out. <laughs> <laughs> last one. Yeah, no, last uh, one. Played footy at Panmuir outside of Warrnambool one okay. Saturday. Yeah. The Mount Emu Creek had flooded <laughs> over onto the Oval on the Thursday. <laughs> We lost the ball in the mud when somebody landed on it. 
<laughs> they depressed it. It was so soggy. <laughs> Into the surface. <laughs> they couldn't find the footy. The footy had plugged. Oh, that is magnificent. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you for your no. text. Keep them coming. Keep them coming on the 40 Winks attempt at text. Oh, they're just, uh, just quickly. Go, no, no, keep there's, going. There's another one here. Where well, I'll take them all day. Somebody though. has asked. Yes. Well, that sounds like a great boys trip. Is there anything for the wives and the kids no, to no, do? No, no, well, here's the point. Cheese farm? No. Or factory? Or whatever well, we well, well, there's King a million, Island there's Dairy? A, there's a million thing, things for non-golfers to do on King Island. The walking, the nature, the beach combing, the cheese, the whole box and dice. There's yeah. a thousand things to do. But one thing that we should... and I'll, Wallaby petting? All of that. Yes, yes, all of that. You can get very close yes, to them Yes, you here. can, you can. Unfortunately, I'd love to know what the actual... Somebody will have this, the stats on this, but... You know, the, the blokes get away for the golf weekend. Uh, you don't see a lot of girls going away on golf weekends. And I'm not sure why that is. No, well, clearly there's more blokes who play golf than, than, uh, than women. But there should be more. But the girls should be going on more golf weekends. That would be magnificent to come down here, uh, three or four of your best friends, whether you happen to be a boy or a girl, a man or a woman, and come down here and have a great weekend playing uh, golf. Am I hearing this right? Go on. Y- you, you want them to play. <laughs> Don't be like now. Now this is when I say now, Dermot. Don't be like that. This that's when I. That I'm is my responsibility. I'm taking. But are you it's suggesting very fine you, female, yeah, go, female well, golfers? Oh my word! And they they fix our little red wagon off the stick <laughs> yes, too. They would. Um, yes, I am yeah. saying they should come down and play some golf. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well who goes and gets the cheese? <laughs> oh, geez, you're on. Send all correspondence to him, folks, not to me. Uh, having said that, oh, yeah, go on. I've been to the cheese factory, the, the King, cheese Island, factory is. King Island Dairy Factory. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. You won't stop at yeah. one camembert, that's for sure. Oh, no. And the crayfish pies, they are, to die. They? they are to die for. Awesome. Let's get to the newsroom, shall we? Welcome back to the show. We are coming to you from the magnificent King Island. Uh, it, fair to say, being buffeted by wind and rain today. In fact, at one point... On the back nine today, the rain was coming down sideways and there was sharp ice in it. And if it got you in the eyeball, uh, it hurt. Uh, Al Payton's going to join us in a moment. Doom Britain's down here. We've got a whole lot of uh, stuff to talk about today. Ash Brown's going to join us after the next break. Just to explain to us in broad terms why the uh, Hawthorne board meeting tonight is as significant for the Hawthorne Footy Club as it is. Uh, Al Payton's going to join us any tick of the clock as soon as I know whether he's there or not. We'll just have, he's there. Al Payton, our BBL super coach guru, joins us from news.com.au. Hey, uh, wee man, thanks for joining us on the program. It kicks off tonight. Are we, are we amped up and excited about uh, the BBL uh, in front of us? Oh, I am, boys. It's absolutely uh, massive, of course, uh, the BBL and KFC Supercoach BBL is uh, what makes the BBL fun if you're, if, uh, you're asking me. It's, it's actually just really a fun form of Supercoach to play. It's just sort of smash and grab, try and grab as many points, as many runs, as many wickets as you can in uh, short time. And, um, yeah, there'll be heaps of interest tonight. There's lots of, lots of players that are uh, worth stuffing into your team. So, Al, is it a little bit like the footy KB, you try and find the newcomer who's going to do something, he builds up points and then you sell them out and then trade up to your premiums? Uh, I mean, at least a little bit. There is certainly some of that where you've got your uh, $2 million salary cap in Supercoach BBL and you want to try and, yeah, your players can increase in value so you can trade them up. But it's a lot more, um, you know, much quicker turnaround between the rounds and you've got more trades. There's uh, three trades every round, so you can really swap players in and out a lot lot quicker than you can in the AFL version of the game. And especially when you've got teams that have the buy 
some weeks or teams that play twice in a round, like we've got the Stars and the Thunder play tonight, and they both play again in round one. So you want to try and get as many players as you can from those teams. And then next round, you might be trading all those stars out because I've got the buy. So, um, yeah, it's a little bit of a different, uh, you know, sort of go hard or go home kind of uh, mentality. There's been a couple of players signed pretty late to teams. L. have any of those caught your imagination? Have you sort of been considering entering any of those into any of your teams? Yeah, well, the one that I thought was quite interesting is that the stars finally signed a uh, replacement for Glenn Maxwell, who we know is out for uh, the summer, or as most of it, with that uh, injury. So they signed uh, Tom Rogers, a Ringwood uh, batsman out from my neck of the woods, and he's only 62,000 in KFC Supercoach, and he's been named in the squad tonight, so I'll be keeping a very close eye on the teams when they get named. I think at the toss, we'll see the final 11, and uh, if he's in there, and he could, he could potentially even open the batting, that could be a nice little cheapie for us, but the, there's a, you know, be a real watch on those squads tonight, because there's quite a few. I mean, the Stars have um, Bo Webster and Nick Larkin are both sort of cheap. So if they're up high up the order, um, they'll be guys I'll be definitely considering as well. And the other one that uh, caught my attention of the new signings is the Englishman Adam Lyth, is he, for Perth uh, Scorchers? Yep. So as I mentioned, they have the bye round one, so you probably don't want to pick him to start, but they have uh, they play twice in round two. So he's definitely one that I'll be keeping an eye on to maybe bring into my team, uh, probably come around the weekend, I think, is when the next round starts. Give us a prediction or two before we let you go. What's, what's going to happen in this... Um in this tournament. The, the Cricket Australia needs, I think Cricket in Australia needs the BBL to be pretty strong this year. Well, give us a prediction or two before we let you go. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And um, uh, I think, yeah, just in the last few days, we've started to see a bit of uh, excitement build around it. And I mean, the, the Scorchers and the Sydney Sixers are sort of the, uh, the powerhouses of the competition. And I would expect they'd be uh, up there again. I mean, the one that I think is a, a bit of an unknown is the Renegades. They've obviously... Um, struggled a bit in the last couple of years, but they've got a few really exciting signings um, who've, who've come in. Andre Russell, obviously, only here for the first few games, but he'll, um, there'll be some fireworks there. And then Martin Gupta will come across from uh, New Zealand. John O'Wells coming over from the Strikers. So a few interesting new faces there to try and shake things up, and um, I reckon they, they could be a bit of a bolter this year in the BBL. But, I mean, KFC Supercoach, we've got, what, about four hours left to... Uh, to get a team in before the season starts. You can still pick one, of course, after that. But if you want to get all those stars and thunder players in, um, go to supercoach.com.au. You can pick a team in five minutes and you're in and in the running for the 25K. Al, you're an absolute superstar, mate. Uh, let's hope it does give uh, the summer from a men's perspective the kick along that cricket needs. Uh, off the back of a couple of flat ODIs in a test series that never really eventuated in much against the, uh, against the West Indians. Um, we'll be touching base, mate. Thanks for your time again. Yeah, absolutely. Look forward to it. Good evening, mate. Al. Al Payton from KFC Supercoach. Let's get a break out of the way. Ashley Brown's going to join us on the other side of this huge night for your old footy club. Yes, and it's pronounced Pan Muir. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's been Down pointed it. out. Yes, that's it's been, been pointed, pointed out. out to right. Apparently, Dougie Hawkins really struggled his way through a sports <laughs> right. night. There. That would have been the worst place to send Doug Hawkins. There's <laughs> no you, worse Simon. place. Thank you, Simon. <laughs> 23 minutes to four. We are down here at the magnificent King Island Golf Club. Uh, if you're a sports fan and a travel junkie uh, and you haven't been down here, mad uh, that you haven't been. Get and on another here. one from Karen. On. Why would I want to play golf when I can drink champagne? Karen, this is a very nice place to sit here and watch a wild stormy sea with a fireplace at your feet, drinking champagne and red wine to your heart's content. <laughs> Get down here and do it, my friend. A break. Ashley Brown up there. Great to have your company this Tuesday afternoon coming to you live from the King Island Golf Club and... Let's be honest, there's not too many places you'd rather be than King Island. It's magnificent. Right yeah, there's also some other suggestions of what we could do. 
You've been asked how did you go on the par to chipping green out the back of oh, our house? No, I won't have a go at that. We'll have yeah. a go at that tonight, uh, maybe tomorrow. Somebody's backed you in not to land one on the green. Well, it's with very 20 hard. Shots. No, it's very it's hard. It's a 25 meter chip. Yeah, but it's you how into a howling gale and it's synthetic. There's, you won't get a lot of response. Mm. The ball Some other be, suggestions. Yeah, you could go, go snake up. watching. Yeah, thank you very There's much. There's a lot of snakes down here. There are, yes. but it's too cold for the, the locals. Say so you won't see the snakes today because they're not that stupid. They don't come out when it's this cold. They only come out when there's a bit of sun. <laughs> yes, we've got smart snakes. We have down here. Yeah. Uh, we've got a very smart man on the line. And look, let's be honest, a lot of uh, board uh, elections at footy clubs come and go without us even knowing about it. But even for the um, non-Hawthorne uh, fraternity out there, and that's most of us, let's be honest, this feels like a pretty significant night for the Hawthorne Footy Club. Their EGM's up and uh, the presidential vote between Nankerville and Gowers uh, is going to take place. And it feels, from for many of us on the outside looking in, that it's from a, um, from a policy and personality perspective, this feels like a significant night. I could be barking up the wrong tree and getting way ahead of myself. Oh, no, I think you're underselling it, actually, I'll do it right as on. a Hawthorne person. But we'll, well, let's we'll find join, out from Ash. Yeah, let's do well, You join in and have the conversation. You know as much about it, I'm sure, as Ash does. One of us here at 1116 is here, but also... The host of Hawks Insiders, a podcast that all Hawthorne supporters uh, should be listening to. Hey, Ash, thanks for joining us, mate. Hello, good to be with you both. Uh, lovely day in Melbourne. Yeah, well, well, weather's a factor all over the place at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> Does it? I mean, you've been a Hawthorne supporter all your life, and you're much closer to the epicentre of this than, than I and most of us. It, does it feel like a really, really so, well, seismic night? Might, might not be the right word, but an important night for the Hawthorne Footy Club tonight, Ash? I think more important than seismic. I mean, it's, uh, it's been a night of change irrespective. We're having a new president uh, coming in, as Ted Nankin or Andy Gowers, new board members most likely as well. I think the one thing about this election is, as much as it's been quite divisive and at times a bit nasty, the footy side of it's been passed aside. I don't think it alters one bit, which is the core business of the footy club, which is the, the two teams, AFL men's and the women's team. So... It's important tonight, but I wouldn't say seismic because even both sides, if you talk to all the combatants on the election, they're totally united behind the way the football side is going. So I think that's an important distinction to make. So if you can explain to our listeners, Ash, how many positions are vacant and how many uh, candidates there is? And also, on top of that, you have the presidential uh, um, uh, sector of that where two two candidates are going for the one presidency position, clearly. Yeah, so there'll be a new president tonight, either Ped Nankel or Andy Gowers, and there are three board spots being contested by five candidates, which is Ed Phil, um, Maria Louis, um, James Valino, the former Deputy Premier of Victoria, and their incumbent board members, Anne-Marie Pellister and Katie Hudson. Why has it been a bit um, why has there been the animosity between the two camps? Well, I think anything, anytime you've got Jeff Kennedy involved, and he's been a good president for a long time, perhaps not the last couple of years, in my opinion, uh, it got a bit divided, and there's started a bit, bit of name-calling. He, he came out very strongly in support of the incumbents, and, and some would say disrespected those who were challenging, um, but particularly in the case of Andy Gowers, who's a, who's a, a fantastic servant of footy club, a premiership player, so that Already makes him a distinguished Hawthorne person. So I think that was the start of it. I think after a while, uh, uh, Andy Gowers and others just couldn't sit there quietly until they could just cop it from Kenneth. They gave a little bit back. Walks the change, which is the sort of 
prominent supporters lobby at Hawthorne. But they're not prone to sit in their hands and, and keep quiet either. So they've got involved with a bit of, uh, I wouldn't say name-calling, but that's certainly been active and rolled their sleeves up to get involved. So I think that's why the ranker got involved. Um, and it's a, so it's just been, it's, it, they're all good people sort of fighting for the same thing, but it, yeah. it's a bit out of hand, a bit un-Hawthorne-like, you think. So if we can just clear one thing, and 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 I and I sit in this boat as well, Ash. And that is, just because you are a former player, does not give you kudos. As a player, you are a paid employee. The position should go to the person who has the best skill set to take the club forward into the future. It's all very nice, and it's. You know, shiny and glossy if you are a former player, but it's all about the skill set, really, if you want the best for your club. And that could be a former player, or it might not be. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I, I think you know, I think all the candidates, both for the presidency and the board, are actually really capable people. Some good people, unfortunately, German and Andy, are going to miss out tonight, and uh, hopefully the club will find a way to keep them involved because they've all got something to offer. I think Andy Gales is... Uh, from as I understand it, and spoken a little bit, he's done pretty well for himself away from football. Um, he's had a very good business that he uh, that he was involved for a long time. So I think I don't think he lacks the skills required to be president of the football club. And it's handy that he was a good footballer as well. But Pete Nankable, you know, has, has achieved a lot in the law and also has been uh, a key part of the board for a while. So they're good candidates, both of them. And as I said, the, the five people standing for the board are all very capable, competent people. But there's been this narrative push that, um, by some, that a vote for Peter Nankerville is a vote for Jeff Kennett. That that if if you um, if you if you vote for Nankerville and, and his ticket, it'll be status quo and, and you'll get more of the style of presidency that that Hawthorne have been. That I, I've heard that. That's been put. And that has been put, and I think that's pushed from the other side. If so, you say yeah. that there was rancor coming from one side, yeah. that's what's been pushed from the other side. And if you've met Peter Nankable, mm. and I've met both these candidates, and that says they're both genuinely good people. Peter Nankable is nobody else's man. Yeah. He's his own man. Yeah. He is not Jeff Kennett's man. He, he, fair enough, he's on the board under Jeff and it seems like it would appear that he will be the status quo will remain but he is his own man Is there anything you want to add to that Ash? I think Peter's done the best job he can to, do, to divest himself from being seen as purely as Jeff Kenneth's puppet um, but he comes with Jeff's endorsement for, for some people agitating for change in fact he was endorsed by Jeff Kenneth he's enough for them to want to vote for somebody else so that's the problem he 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 faces. But, I, you know, I've, look, I've spoken to him a couple of times as well, and I think, you know, he's painted a vision for the club. He's convinced me that he'll be a pretty different way of doing things to Jeff Kennett, but he can't afford with the baggage of being the Kennett, uh, being endorsed by Jeff Kennett. Well, it's a big night. Uh, they always are, whether we're invested in them or not. They're always important nights for footy clubs, and, you know, with everything that's going on at Hawthorne at the moment, you know, time of, you know, really... Dramatic list rebuild, young coach, you know, Dingley on the uh, on the matter, you know, the the um, the report that's in front of the the AFL's independent legal team at the moment. There's a lot going on at the footy club, so uh, it is an important time that um, that those who have got their hands on the reins at the end of tonight uh, can do so with calmness and with a clear mind and, you know, with good governance. So uh, we'll wake up tomorrow morning, a lot of us, uh, Ash, and find out uh, who it is. I'm sure you'll be as interested as, uh, as any when that is uh, the case. Thanks for joining us on the show and uh, taking us inside it a bit. We appreciate your time.
Anytime. Good to talk to you as always. You too, Cheers, mate. Ash. So, Ten minutes for... We'll get a break out of the way. There's something I want to talk to you about. Question: We might have to dive into it either side of the news, but really keen to get your thoughts on where Sam Mitchell fits in terms of what he's doing at the footy club from a list renovation perspective and um, how, he, how he can only do that or can you only do that with absolute staunch support from a board? How, how, how much he needs the support of the board to be doing what he's doing. We'll have a quick chat about that on the other side of the break. We're at the King Island Golf Club for robot building supplies and Berwick BMW. That's no, not Gazy, it's Dermot. And the, you. the young lads have jumped in behind you right now. It's a couple of King Island's finest, probably aged between 14 and 16, no, I reckon. 13 and 14. Gee, they're big these yeah, days. They big, it's the crayfish, crayfish yeah. pies, mate. Yeah. Crayfish you, pies will do that to you. Well, I've, I've been asked by yeah, on. JP on the texting, how much is a cray down there? Any local beers? All right, well, oh. we'll take the first one. If you go down to the wharf, when the cray boats come back in, you can get what they call, and you take your bucket with you. So it's not as if you're a commercial yeah, 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 enterprise. Yeah, you take yeah. your bucket, you get something called beach price, and that's anywhere from twenty to thirty kilos, uh, a twenty to thirty dollars less per kilo. So what are you paying for it? I don't know. Depends on your size of your cray. <laughs> well, the is cray- it the size of a yabby or a? That's a good a point. Sea monster. Well, the crayfish, the crayfish pies aren't it. They're delicious. How good are they? They're not inexpensive. Also, I'll give the you the King drum. Island Brew House. Oh, he wants yes. to know about the beer here. <laughs> I can't find the alcohol, alcoholic content on it. Give it to me. No, well, just you hold your You horses. don't drink beer. 375 milliliter oh, can. Yeah, well done. 1.5 standard drinks. Oh, that would suggest it's fairly strongish, yeah, wasn't you it? You know what I said the other day? Somebody said to me, what do you pay for a slab these days? You know what I said when I was caught on the hop? Oh, I don't know, about 25 bucks. Oh, you idiot. <laughs> See, you know what? I, I, I don't so drink beer. I buy it from my boys when we play cricket each, yeah, yeah. each week. So I've got to buy a slab each weekend. So 52, 54, depending on 56. What do you get them? Do you get them the good I mix stuff, it around. Do I mix you? It around. Can I ask somebody out there? Okay. Yeah. Now, I went there. I'm not a beer drinker, but I've had one beer. Are we sponsored by any beers? Uh, yeah, yeah, Brick Lane. Brick Lane Brewing. Okay, uh, forget about what I was going to ask. No, 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 it's okay. Brick Lane are magnificent. And yeah. beer, but they understand there's other beer out there. So I, we'll just mention Brick Lane, Brick Lane, Brick Lane, Brick Lane. in years is called Modelo Especial. Oh, the Spanish thing. Well, it's Mexican. Mexican. Yeah. Spain, Mexico. <laughs> Give or take. 12,000 k's <laughs> apart, but yeah, all right. Give or take, you know. Yeah, they speak the same in the factory. Yeah. Um, I date to all my Spanish and Mexican friends, I was joking. When, when I asked them about that, when I was over there, that... Said, yeah, give us a Corona. They're as cheap as chips here. Mm-hmm. The blokes in, in Mexico said, well, what do you want to drink this for? We don't drink it. <laughs> we drink. It's a bit pretentious. We drink this stuff. <laughs> Modelo Especial. Is that one in a yellow can? No, it's like in a hand grenade stubby. It's got Ooh. a thin neck, but it's got a fat body to it. Well, it sounds like me. Sounds like Barry Round. Big Barry Round. Thin neck and a fat body. He had no neck. He, he had, had a little head. Small Tiny neck. head. He a massive man. Tiny headman. And you know what? One of the world's great blokes. One of the world's great human beings. Yeah. Let's get to the news. I want to ask you that Sam Mitchell question on the other side of this. No, Dermot. Oh, God, I'll keep saying that. Uh, yeah, King sorry, I don't care. No, it's okay, but you're not gazing. So people may hear that just joining us on the show, and they hear that, and then they hear your voice, and they go, gee, Gazy sounds a lot like Dermot these sounds days. Sounds better, doesn't he? He well does. <laughs> well, in the minds of some. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with yeah, that. Yeah, you're but, probably you know. right. Now, yeah. Dane Pinnow's about to join us. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix are yep. flying. I just noticed, and I don't... I believe he was born in Fitzroy. Now, 
Are you going to have a crack at him about being a mung bean eating, organic, you know, over the phone, yes. pizza <laughs> eating, uh, electric oh, car driving, yeah. sort of wokey kind yeah, of inner Get suburb. on your Vespa. You're going to ask, then, are you going to hit Dane Puno, yeah, you hit Dane Puno you, out about all that sort of you stuff? You wear your hemp t shirt. Don't want to ask him that. Dane, he, doesn't, he doesn't live there anymore. He was born in Fi- Dane, were you born in Fitzroy? Have I got that right? Yeah, you do have that right. I was born in Fitzroy. I, I don't think I do any of those things that were just mentioned. Um, yeah. You'll be happy to know. <laughs> yeah. So he got out of there, Andy, unlike no. your good self. No, who's Dane, just you... moved up the road to Northcote. He mu- no, Clifton Hill. Clifton you, you, Hill. You mate, Dane, you mate, you'll always be an inner north uh, man at heart, though, won't you? Oh. Oh, there's always got to be a little bit in me, you know, in that. But God I did grow up in, uh, in in South Melbourne, in the mean streets of South Melbourne. Get over the other side Melbourne. of the Yarra, mate. You've, you've jumped onto the wrong side of the Yarra. I'm tipping, Dane. Once you go through the U.S. college system, there's no place in your heart for the northern suburbs like Clifton oh, Hill. Dear. and <laughs> The world's a different place there. What was it like at St Mary's? Did you have a great time? Oh, before you get stuck into what you're doing now and where the team's at, did you have a great time over at St Mary's? Yeah, I, I had an awesome time at St Mary's. I mean, any time you get to live in a community of just 18 to 22-year-olds, you're always going to have a really fun time. And um, the basketball itself was great too. And, and getting to be a part of March Madness was, that was just something I'll never forget. So uh, I, did have an, I did have an awesome time over at St Mary's. I'm, I'm super glad that I, I made the decision to go to college over there. Good on you. How's your back? I, mean, I know you've had um, issues with it last year was a write-off and... I think you had an um, interrupted start to this season with that prolapse disc, disc condition that you had to deal with. Is that behind you now, or is that going to require constant treatment? Uh, it's, for the most part, it's behind me, I'd say. I mean, I still, obviously, I, I try and take care of as much as I can to make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, a lot of a lot of Pilates and uh, a lot of rehab that goes in and a lot of gym, gym work as well to make sure I'm strong enough. Uh, but to be honest with you, it's all behind me now. I feel like in my head when I'm out, I don't think about it. Um, but I do do a lot of work behind the scenes to make sure that it doesn't happen. And, and, and it's made me feel really comfortable. Good. So, Dane, in a lot of sports, you know, we, we ask the question, oh, how, why are you guys going so well now? And they trot out the usual, line, oh, we've worked hard on our game. We, we understand it. All that jargon. Why are you both yeah. clicking so well? Mm. Uh, to be honest with you, a lot of it comes down to health as well. I think once, when we've had our full team together without injury, we've, we're about 6-1 and one or 7-1 and one maybe, I think, actually. Uh, so a lot of it has just been getting ourselves on the floor um, all at the same time. And um, we have, you know, like, it takes a little bit of time. I mean, as you, as you know, it's just when, um, when guys are coming in and out of uh, teams a bit, it, it takes a little bit to settle. So to start of the year, we had... We had a bunch of guys missing for the first three games. I think three of our five starters. And then as people, guys are slowly coming back in, it just uh, you've got to figure out ways to feel comfortable playing with each other. And now that we're all together, yeah, things are going great. Uh, we had one bad loss to New Zealand. Um, but other than that, we've, uh, we've, um, we've been going really well when we've had the whole team together. Uh, and especially now with uh, us being together for a, a couple of weeks, we feel really confident going into every game now. Do you feel like your best basketball is as good as any as a group? Do you feel like it's as good as... I mean, you mentioned the New Zealand game and Sydney have been strong again this year, but you guys have been quietly building. Are you completely confident that your best is as good as anybody else's now? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're looking forward to both games this week because now United, like, like us, have had some health problems and they've got a full 
full team now, so they're they're a different team with that, especially with Shea Yilly coming back in. So we've got a, we've got a, a big game against them on Thursday, and then we play the latter leader Sydney on Sunday. And um, so to be honest, we, we're going into both both games feeling like you know we can win these games, and um, we'll go into every game for the rest of the year like that as well, I believe. Uh, but it'll be a good test this week, and if we can get through both of these games, then that'll, that'll grow our confidence even more. Dane, in the in the world of basketball, especially here in the NBL. With certain sports, we see an age demographic is the sweet zone that gets the job done in various sports. For NBL, what's the sweet zone? What's the age demographic? What's that sort of average age sweet zone? See that? Uh, it's a tough question. I mean, we've got a few guys in our team that are in their... We've got a couple of guys in our team in their 30s that are really killing it this year in the creaky and and rowdy so um, usually I guess before this since all the sports scientists are coming you, you probably want guys to be a bit younger but now we've got guys that are just playing some of their best basketball in their 30s um, you, I guess you'd still probably think you know between sort of uh, 26 to, to 32 or so maybe even smaller 28 to 32 um, guys have got the experience they've got the strength to compete against all the men and everything and um, have built up their skills you, you probably think that's usually the age gap gap where you're playing the best um, that's, that's what I think anyway and you look at Keanu Pender who's come along every year and he's now late 27 so he should he'll probably get better again next year but he's really developed over the last couple of years and uh, now, he's, now he's an unbelievable player Beautifully managed, mate. You put yourself right in the sweet zone. Are you up for a, are you up for a contract renegotiation? That was noticed. <laughs> the best is yet to come. Yeah, you're 28. You keep building for the next Beautiful. four years. Like 28, well, like me. Yeah, who's coming out of yeah. contract? So, <laughs> mate, the blokes who play your position, 28. You're a baby at 28. You, you can play to your 45. Yeah, true. These guys are sticking around for like Jay Barlow's 39. But, That's right. I mean, exactly. <laughs> Are you a watcher? Do you watch the NBA? Are you one of these who are you a bit of a basketball junkie when you're not playing? You know, are you watching the NBL? Uh, yeah, I do try and watch a lot of the games. Um, I actually did. I ended up watching um, a lot of the game last night between uh, Melbourne United yeah. and Perth, and that was that was late. And I did feel like a little bit of a junkie doing that. So, can you explain to us how? I don't know whether you stayed right to the end of that game, but you know, 11 points in the last 43 seconds or whatever it was that Perth. <laughs> you know, put on United to, to overturn, you know, that late-game deficit and pinch that game. Can can you tell us how that happens? Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of a, a bit of a breakdown. I mean, the the Blanchfield three was tough. It was well... It looked like it was fairly well defended, then just a cheeky little hand in the cookie jar cost them a foul on that one. And, um, and then getting the rebound off the free throw was a bit of a lapse in concentration from... I think the guards up the top of the key, he probably should have come in and crashed the rebound. But it did pop perfectly back to him. He turned around and there was Webster just in rhythm into a three, six points in about, you know, all of two seconds. That's always going to help in a comeback. Um, and uh, other than that, I mean, it wasn't like they did too much else wrong, but these two guys, Blanchfield and Webster, hit big shots and just Amazing. a little bit unlucky there, I'd say. Hey, before we let you go, are you a golfer by any chance? Um, I've tried, I've tried, but I'm, I'm not very good. I'm a real hack when it comes to golfing. It's a bit, a bit of an Andrew Gaze. Oh, so that's beautiful. Can we, Rod, can you just make sure you cut up that grab and replay <laughs> that for uh, as often as you possibly can? Oh, I was just going to ask our 206 centimetre man, because we're, we're talking to you from King Island, and 
we were buffeted by uh, you know the big southerly busters today while Derm and I were trying to play golf, Dana. We rate ourselves you know far higher and than, than we should. Than we should. <laughs> uh, but our games were affected by the wind. I wonder how a 206, 206, 206 centimetre man. Uh, would cope with uh, these sorts of breezes standing over a little tailor-made TP5X. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't cope well. I mean, I don't cope well when there's when there's no breeze and it's sunny out. Right. Um, so in the wind and the right. rain, I'd be chocking to be left and right, never straight. Hey, find find a one from me. Yeah. Give us something for our uh, texters to go to disagree with. Or <laughs> okay. Michael or LeBron? Oh yeah. Oh, LeBron, definitely LeBron. I mean, he's he's grown up watching. But if you look at this, just look at the career. I mean, he's going to have you know, forty thousand points over ten thousand assists, over ten thousand rebounds. That's unbelievable. And the fact that he went to like ten straight finals—that's incredible. It's uh, it's not his fault that he was coming up against one of the other greatest teams of all time to to lead teams to ten straight finals. It's something that is, I think, in, in years to come, we'll look back and think that is just unbelievable. Um, so I think LeBron definitely was the best player ever. Well, we love you, but they'll come for you now. <laughs> but it's, a, it's the, young, the young kids, you know, they didn't see Michael. Hey, Dane, good luck, mate. 12, it's hard good to believe luck. there's only 12 games to go in this season, and uh, you're right in the middle of it. Uh, it sounds like you're getting better, you're getting healthier, you're getting fitter, mate. So um, good to hear that your back problems are, you know, hopefully a thing of the past, and uh, we're starting to see the best of you again. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks very much, boys. I really appreciate it. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Don't pin out from the southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Going to get a break out of the way. Just, just quick. Just going back to the Hawthorne stuff. It doesn't have to be quick. You can take D- your time somebody, to somebody just had yep. a go at me saying, "Oh, you, you've got bias there." Well, I, I want bias what? About, about the Hawthorne. Well, why uh, wouldn't you? What's wrong with that? Well, it's I, not that it's. I think I'm the only person <laughs> in the media who hasn't taken a side. Well, you might have literally, a nat- but I just want what what I think is, and I still haven't said who who I voted no. for in my proxy already. No. Um, you probably read between the lines, but I just want what I think is best for the club to continue. Yeah, and... and, and I, in, on the... On its journey, which is plotted pretty well at this I, point in time. I'm very happy to say to that tech star, and I'm not... You're big and ugly enough to look after yourself, but I think you are very fair when it comes to your commentary on the Hawthorne Footy Club, despite your connection to the joint. So, can I just ask you that, this question, though? Um, what, what Sam Mitchell's doing is really radical from a you know, risk, list management, list rebuild perspective. Can you, as a young coach with no runs on the board, nothing to lean back on just yet, um, can you do what he is doing without some sort of guarantee? I, I heard the words used in, in, the, in recent weeks, scorched earth. It feels a bit like that. Yeah. Can, can you do that? You can can see, he do you that? You can yeah. see the method. You can see what he's doing. Well, there's not, a direction behind Yeah, that's this. right. Yeah. But yeah. can you do it without the board saying, Sam, whether it's us or whether it's them, we're going to wear this. We know what you're doing. We see what you're doing. We're going to wear it. Now, things change. But what sort of guarantees do you need to embark upon what, if you need when them you at all... When you say guarantees, what do you mean guarantees? You well, guarantee from the coach, we will you, achieve... You're not, we're going to sack you if you have two no, years of winning five games. That. So what, he's in an enviable position at the moment because by tomorrow morning, he has a relatively new board, whether mm. it's by structure mm. or whether it's personnel well, and will. faces. It, so it, they yeah. will go this journey from him and their day one starts tomorrow morning. Mm. So he's been on this journey for 12 months already. 
I think most supporters of the Hawthorne Footy Club fell in love with the way that he attacked the game. Someone like uh, um, yeah. Big Mitch Lewis, uh, yep. Lewis, his best three games of the club he's ever played were Sam Mitchell's first three games of coaching. Mm. That sort of spoke volumes about what he's trying to do. My belief on, on the modern-day football is you can teach, and I've said it before, and, and you can have a laugh with it, but you really can teach anyone with some talent to get to a league list. You can teach them to be backmen. You can teach defensive mechanisms in football. Yeah, you've got to be precise and get it, but it's not all about talent. You can't teach players to be forwards. Mm. That's instinctive. That's inherent. That is talent. But if you give them the scope to find their forward prowess over time, you can always add in defensiveness on the, if that's a new word, (laughs) at at the end of Mm. your program. I think people who follow Hawthorne would would believe that, that Mm. that he's on the right track. He was the anointed as well. He's taken over from the best coach of the last since... Since Kevin last, so, has finished. Yeah, certainly last 20 yeah, years. Yeah. So he's anointed. Most coaches, if you look at the graph, if you're on the downward spiral, even if you haven't bottomed out yet, and a club says, oh, we can't go with him anymore, this coach, and they get him out, and a new one comes in, rarely, and I mean rarely ever, does that new coach, that we're going to give time to you, ever get to bottom out, for the last 10%. Yeah, that's right. And ride the whole graph up to the very, very top. Somebody comes in about year three or four Mm. and capitalise on the works that's been done. Sometimes the voice is a little bit long there, maybe that five years, and that could affect. But I think that there's a real plan that Sam is the bloke to go right through that graph, bottom out with him Mm. last year, see some game style, totally new perspective and then climb the mountain over the next five years. I I spoke to you about age lists of teams that are premiership winning teams. It's getting harder in the age bracket. People say, we've got young, I've got a young team, we'll be good in two, three years. Uh, 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 uh. So for 30 years, can I tell you this one or you've got to go to a break? No, 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 no. So for 30 years, between 1980 and 2010, 30 premierships are contested. 24 of them were won by teams under 26 years of age. Average age, yep. Yeah. Yep. Only six out of 30 were over 26. So, oh, they're, they're just ready to fall off the cliff. They're yep. over 26. Might have been the case. In the last 12 years, 12 premierships have been up for grabs. Nine of the 12 teams are well over 26 mm. years of age. It's turning into a more professional, hardened, seasoned, mature players premiership race. Hence Geelong yeah, approved it again but, last year. Geelong, Haw- well, this year, 2022. Well, that flies in the face of what Hawthorne's done. So what I'm saying is expect it to take a year or so longer than what we might previously have thought of. If, if you're thinking, continues. oh, we're yeah. going to climb to the top four in three years... Mm. Yeah, probably five years away. Carlton's chart. Like, oh, I hear you speaking. You love the Blues. You probably feel like you've been on this journey too long. A long time. Yeah, and there's been changes in policy. But if you look this at way- your list now, yeah. they're still not in the but, right but age but bracket it feels, yet. But Carlton's been... In fact, it's a good example to 
shine on Hawthorne because it feels like every time you bring in a new coach and you decide, nah, we're going to go with another coach, and then you're going to, nah, we're going to go with another, it feels like it all stops. And it feels like, to a degree, you have to start again. Yeah. And but I there's a mini restart. Yeah. It yep. feels to me, and I don't know. There's no evidence. Only history will prove this to be the case. I feel like, as an outsider looking in at Hawthorne, that there is a very different um, commitment to Sam Mitchell than perhaps there was to people like Brendan Bolton, or David Teague, or David Noble, or or others who have come and gone after relatively short tenures in their first crack at it as a senior coach. I feel like, and again, time will tell whether this is the case, I feel like there is a very, very different relationship that and exists that between because, Hawthorne and Sam Mitchell. That is because most clubs, what happens is the king dies. Their, their, their coach is the king. He dies of old age. He withers on the on the vine. He can't reach the players. They bring in a new king. Yeah. It didn't happen with Hawthorne. They killed their king. Well, it, was, it was a very, well, that's a very dramatic way of putting it, but, <laughs> yeah, they, but it's true. And then they, no, they, and then they brought in the new king. The king is dead. Long live the king. We will yeah. go. It's 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 an interesting one. And again, history is going to be a really um, telling watch on on what happens at Hawthorne. Let's get a break out of the way. We are at the King Island Golf Club for Robot Building Supplies and Berwick Burn W. If you're thinking about coming down here for a golf trip, there's only one way to get here. Southern Airlines. They will fly you and your mates down here. And if you're looking for a magnificent place to stay, I've said it before and I'll say it again. We're being put up at Netherby Rocks tonight. Uh, and tomorrow night, uh, last night and tonight. Gee, you take a while in the shower too. It's a what nice are you shower. doing in there? It's a nice shower. Yeah, yeah. There's a mirror. We leave in 15 minutes. Yeah, mirror. okay. Don't take 14 <laughs> of yourself in the shower. Give me a chance. We'll get to a break. A man who knows about golf down here much better than us. And he's a slightly better player, having uh, experienced oh, 12 holes at nine, or, nine so holes with him today. Uh, Cameron Jones going to join us on the other side of the break. No, no, Dermot. Dermot's here. We're down at King Island Golf Club. We're at the sort of the public course. I think there's somebody was telling me there's 11 holes here, but you use different tees and different parts of greens. Might be nine and you change it up and there you get your 18. Looking at this course here as you drive through, we said it at the start of the show, if it was 230 years old, if that's impossible, if the golf had been invented by then, if, if, of course it had been, and it was in the north of Scotland, you'd be paying 150 quid to play in this course down here, and yet it's, it is it is the third best golf course on the island, beyond Ocean Dunes and Cape Wickham. I'm just laughing at you, quid. Well, that's what we call it, isn't it? Quid. Over there. Over there, all right. Uh, we played at Ocean uh, Dunes today, and it was a joy. The weather beat us, uh, beat us up badly, uh, and we needed every bit of help we could get because the golf course is spectacular. It is magnificent. It is challenging. Cameron Jones is the golf ops manager. He played nine holes with us before he jumped on with the other blokes who didn't know their way around the course and were getting lost all over the place. That literally, not, no, not no, that literally, they didn't know their way around a they golf They just didn't course. know where to go yeah, next. Yeah. They couldn't follow the signs. No, they played um, all right. Mate, thanks for coming on the show for a chat and thanks for having, you, having us at your magnificent golf club today. No, it's great to have you guys here and, yeah, it's a real privilege for the local community to get get some exposure for, for golf down on King Island. Give me the skinny on Dermot's game. Oh, I was impressed with Dermot's game today. Yeah, no, he hit some, uh, you know, battling battling <laughs> some sight issues. I, I thought <laughs> he was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? He yeah. has he's got a cancer on his eyeball, <laughs> by the way, just for those who don't know. He's had some had cancer surgery. hacked off his eye. You don't have to bring that up. But well, no, it's people here. Surgery on my eye figure. last Thursday, and it was a little difficult to see in the wind. <laughs> so what about him on the first, on the first tee? We didn't get a photo yeah. of it because we ridiculed you so much 
you, you took him off before. What was he wearing on the first tee today? Well, what did we say? He looked like one of those... L.E.G. <laughs> that was him. An American rapper. Ski yeah. goggles yeah. on the first tee. No, they, they were actually motorcycle goggles. And that was before yeah. he put the Clear. wet weather pants on. Yeah. Yeah. He added our stripe That's down right. the exactly side. Right. Yeah. 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 And played in a gold chain. Yeah, as well. No, I, I, as you do. I thought it would keep the wind out of my yeah. eyes. Well, it would do that. It was yes. for one shot until they fogged up incredibly. <laughs> <laughs> they were useless. Um, yeah. You remember for 35 years at Huntingdale, one of the premier courses in, in Melbourne, and you came down here, well, you'll tell me, about, yeah. about a year ago to become the golf ops manager down here at Ocean Dunes. Um, why did you make the move? And, and can, in comparison to our great courses in Melbourne, how does this stack up? Yeah, well, I've played sandbell golf all my life, like you said, Huntingdale, 35 years. I've played a little bit around the world. Recently went to the Open um, in Scotland, St Andrews. And, and, oh, you're right, mate, this stacks up with all of those, and they're brand new when you yeah. think about golf. We're six years old, Kate Wickham's eight. Um, this little place behind us has been here 90 years this year. Yeah, right. And like you said, it stacks up with ours. And, yeah. You know, it's... Um, Sometimes doesn't get the kudos of the other two, but it's fantastic. So yeah. So people in golf, people who love their golf, know about King Island. It's on everybody's map now. Your course, Ocean Dunes, and, and Cape Wickham. But most people think when they're going to get on a plane, we fly over the top of King Island, go down to Barney, and play down there at Lost Farm as well. Yeah. Um, why should people be stopping off and, and adding a couple of days to their golf tours and coming here? Yeah, I, I think it's just the rawness of the property here. So like Ocean Dunes. 16 of our 18 holes, you see the water, <laughs> which is extraordinary to me. You know, yeah. like uh, Barn Burgle, fantastic facilities, and I think we're sort of 10 years behind, you know, where they are now. So yeah. Yeah. if you want to get here early and, ha and get a feel for real pure Lynx golf, that's what you're getting. I mean, Kate Wickham, already number three in Australia inside 10 years. Yeah. Royal Melbourne, Kingston Heath, one and two, but you can't get on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just fly down here, whether it's Southern Airlines, heap of people coming here. It's You can't beat it. Yeah. yeah. It is extraordinary, and I was explaining to my partner, Julie, she said, why, is he, why do you want to go so far to play <laughs> golf? And, and the best way I could describe to her was 18 tee boxes, and 16 of them are a postcard. You, you actually stand on the tee and you go, that should be on Golf Digest cover. Takes your breath away. And it, it, does. And it does it yeah. 16 times. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's, it, it is incredible. And, and like you saw today, the, 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 the environment is so raw, as you've called it. He had to pull a whalebone out of the way. There was a whalebone in front of me on a par three. There was this dirty big thing and... Cam oh, helped you pull it apart, pull it away, mate. <laughs> I was able to lift it yeah. on my own. There's no question. You actually it. wouldn't touch it. Your delicate little hands, you would not Can touch that. And you pull it straight. Yeah, well, I mean, he says this sort of stuff about <laughs> it. You know? Well, Derm was down there, down in that little bay. Our locals, uh, Puddin' Adam, were saying a whale did wash up in that little bay. Yeah. We lost Dermy down there trying to pick something up and then... Snapped a bit off. I thought it might be good for a puppy dog next door. Well, chewing on a whale and there's, and there's one of the advantages of flying Southern Airlines. I'm not sure you'd be allowed to take that back into the, onto the mainland uh, if you're flying... Oh, maybe we shouldn't be talking about that. There might be some, there might be some people waiting for you when you get home. No, that's staying here now. That's yeah, yeah, staying no, here you now. won't be taking that up. But the thing is, Sue, the, the topography of the land, you have... 
cradles that will go for several hundred metres. And there is the, the thing I love about this course, and also Cape Wickham, is that the natural lay of the land, look, you will get courses in and they'll bring in a designer who will elevate or cut or move, embankment. Move yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't reckon there's... I imagine they put a bit of soil for a tea box here yeah. or there. The land is what it is, and you've cut the grass, and, it, and you've planted grass, and it's grown back beautifully. Oh, and the land is the way God put it, it down did. here, and it is perfect. Exactly. And we looked, we were on the third fairway today, and Andy said to me, What's that? What are, what are those people? Are they playing over there on, <laughs> on, the, back, on, the, back, on the back nine? And I said, Mate, that's cattle. That's actually just some land going yep. up the hill to another sand dune. Yep. That's nothing to do with our property. Yeah. Everything's all. a golf hole. Yeah. Every, no. every bit of land around here, whether it's on the, in, the, in the confines of the golf course or not, yeah, exactly. is a golf course yeah. waiting to be shaped. Uh, and the condition, and you're right, Dermy, didn't move a lot of dirt. It was, it was there, placed a few, dug out a few bunkers and bang, it was yeah. there. Laid a few greens and tees and, and that's why. And the condition, extraordinary. Today, you might think, we were the only people there, yeah. and we booked the course out because some important people apparently were coming, but we didn't oh, do right. that. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just the way it was. Keg. You yeah. know, there was 12 of us there today. It's millionaires golf. Yeah, and, it is. And, it really and, is. And, and yeah, your, it is. The condition is as good as any course yep. you play. That's no, a yeah. great description because uh, what we have in Australia, we to get onto a beautiful course, you're up for a few, Bob, but it's not by world standards we are a pittance compared to what they pay for on world standards and, and it can be seen as an elitist sport and, it, and fair enough you've got to travel interstate mm. from Victoria to get down here yeah. this is not a wealthy man's sport down here is it? No not at all I mean we, we've got certainly got a lot of you know the, the beef farmers and we'll have a chat to a couple later today <laughs> yep, you know yep. they, they produce some great produce here but this is genuine honest you know rural country people yep. just living a great life have you, on magnificent property have you had any season like wonderful golfers, noted golfers who've played down here? And, and if so, what have they said about uh, the place? We were lucky enough to have Steve Elkington here in the last month. Smooth so, swing. Yeah, no, first major winner to visit here. And I actually said to him when he arrived, you know, great to have you here, Steve. I think uh, I'm pretty sure you're the first major winner to visit here. And he said... Yeah, they're pretty hard to win. <laughs> oh, no, that puts me back in my spot. And you were telling me one of the par fives he played, the, yes. it wasn't the southerly, it was coming out of the yeah, other direction yeah, and only right. an hell of a time. The Easterly, so he played off the back tees, 500 metre par five. He drive a three wood, three wood, and he didn't make it. And he came in after nine and he said, this is the wrong wind, isn't it, mate? Yeah, I said, right. yeah, it's the wrong wind. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, we're built for the southwest here and, and the courses are built for it. That's the other thing. Even today, you know, we had a little bit of wind. Yep. But it didn't feel like you couldn't hit a golf no, shot. No, no, you no, know, no, no. Like it was a real test. For yeah, it. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What do so you think yeah. of Andy's timid, cutty, fade thing that he hits off the tee? Uh, he, look, he was consistent today. Yeah. He, he knows where it's going. Consistently timid and, uh, and fadey. He, he, he mouthed <laughs> off on one tee. I think it was number five into the wind. And Dermy did knock it about 40 yards past him. Hang on, he, 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 not, he mouthed off first. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, but no, Which is pretty good. ballsy on him to do that. Yeah, before when you left our strong. group, I put a couple into the weeds 10, year, 10 yards in front of us. <laughs> we're going to have to let you go because yeah, we're going to get to the news. Um, you did say about the, con how many, about the condition of the course. What staff numbers have you got looking after the place? 
So we've got uh, a superintendent, and he has three full-time staff. That's amazing. So, look, they do a fantastic job. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and I think the more the more word gets out there and, and people like yourselves come down here and we get more promotion, you know, the numbers are going to grow. And uh, good to get down here early in the piece and say you visited this great property before it... Before Goes around, yeah. Yeah. And you came down with your beautiful wife, Amanda, who hosted yeah. us magnificently. And your two kids have come down yeah, and they're living have. down here for a year. They have. Are you we, enjoying we, the King Island experience? The, well, yeah. We, we left Melbourne to, to get away from them and yep. they followed us down here. But uh, <laughs> They'll um, do that, kids. That's great to have them here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. It's just it's a great place. It's a great, great community feel. You know, the, yep. from the wave on the road, everyone says hello, and that just makes you feel great at the start of the well, day. We've gone way over time here, and I know they'll be having conniptions back in the studio. <laughs> um, thanks for having us. It was no, a joy to no, see you golf you course today. Thanks you guys for coming. Too. Good thanks, on, thanks. Cameron Jones, the golf operations manager down at Ocean Dunes. Let's get to the newsroom. Matt Dermott uh, from King Island. I'm going to say it. I'm just going to keep saying, okay, people have just joined us. Yeah, well, whatever. Uh, golf Australia put out a... Um, Media release this Who? morning. Golf Australia put out a media okay. re- release. Sorry, last. you said that really quickly. I did say quickly. Yeah. I don't know why I came. Golf Australia. Why did you just say quickly with your eyes? Golf Australia. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a rush to get to yeah. Deke Smith. I want to hear what this. Yep. Uh, I want to hear what this Ultra Golf Championship is all about. Ten team international, four man golf competition. We've seen what the IPL has done to T20 cricket. Uh, we've seen what Liv's trying to do with its team concept. Deke Smith is the founder of Ultra Golf Championship and has been good enough to join us. Hey, Deke, on paper, well, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. On paper, this thing sounds fascinating. Um, what can we expect from it and when's it going to start? Yeah, thanks, boys. I appreciate you having me on. Um, as you said, it's a, it's a global concept, 10, 10 global city teams, four players per team, clashes played over nine holes, um, risk-reward scoring system, and there's feature holes integrated within the nine holes. So uh, we've got the first tournament booked into December 2023. It's been a a journey. I've been working with the guys from the executive team at PGA for the last five years. So to get it on the the tour is pretty amazing and um, certainly excited by it. Have you got the players committed to it yet? Uh, We've spoken to all the player managers around the globe and the level of excitement is fantastic. We're in heads of agreement at the moment with about six or seven of the uh, the team captains. But um, we'll be announcing all that probably early next year, Andy. So can you give us a surety, the people who have committed to it, do they have to break, like, is this this is not a live thing, they don't have to break contract, it's open to all or just PGA Tour players? It's open to professional golfers, Dan. Yep, that's correct, mate. So on both sides, so a live golfer could participate? Uh, Look, it's a tricky situation at the moment, uh, the golf landscape. So, obviously, this sits inside the PGA ecosystem. Um, Now, what happens um, uh, outside of, you know, the next two, three, four months, I don't know. I've got no control over that. I would love this to be open to all golfers, Um, obviously, because if we can get the best talent, why wouldn't I want them playing in this? But... um, uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to have a lot of control over what happens in February with the, yeah. the PGA Tour court battle and live. Do I sense a small element of a, 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 an attempt of an introduction to parochialism, like you, you're talking about the towns they're coming from and yeah. who they're representing? Absolutely. That's what it's designed for, mate. I think golf lacks a little bit of tribalism. And, um, Mm. you know, with football and cricket, the way that, um, you know, the team structure works, you get a lot of people that are parochial behind their teams and 
this is exactly structured for that, Jeff. Absolutely. Deke, will the teams be privately owned or will they be backed by the various, um, you know, golf administrations and organisations around the world? Yeah, it's a really good question. Right now it's going to be um, governed by the bodies, but um, uh, I, I think in uh, three to four years' time we're going to be open to privatisation, absolutely. I think by doing that it's going to expedite the growth of the actual tournament itself. You know what it's like if you get um, some high net worth behind something. No something doubt. they, you know, they really, they really throw their uh, their weight behind it, and I think it's a uh, it's a good plan to have. And, and are you open to you know this is looking into the crystal ball, but Bangkok, Delhi, Dubai, London, LA, New York, Melbourne, Shanghai, Seoul, Tokyo. Are you do you want as part of this uh, future? Do you want either expansion? Or would you like other cities to be bidding for places in your league? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I don't have the exact answer, but I would love to see this, um, you know, other cities bidding for the tournament. I've got a goal that I'd love to play this tournament three times a year. One in Australia, um, you know, one maybe in an, in an Asian location and obviously North America is um, attractive. So... Yeah, it'd be great to be able to get it on the, the calendar, but um, obviously you've got to crawl before you walk. So yep, you know, we're yep. going to lay the foundations here in Australia, boys, and then hopefully we can um, take it across the, uh, the globe, you know, four or five years down the track. There's this whole new era and age group of excessiveness and, and absolute a group of people in society now who want their answers right now and we have to cater for them golf's wonderful it's always been wonderful but are we on the dawn of a new new era now where we are coming up with different ways to bring these younger people who uh, they need results yeah, immediately absolutely, absolutely. are we are we finding that this is the dawning of these types of tournaments now I think so, Dan. I think, like, if you have a look at what broadcasters want, what commercial partners want, what the fans want, and ultimately what stakeholders want, is they want to be able to, you know, see a result. You know, everyone's time poor. So to be able to go to a, a golf tournament and see a clash in two and a half hours and get a result, you know, we're humans. We love a contest. But to see the result in two and a half hours, that's pretty unique. And that's what I ultimately wanted to bring to this sport is... It was funny because I completely disconnected from the sport when I turned the TV on. When I'm playing the game, I actually love it and I'm so passionate about it. But when I turn a four-day, 72-hole tournament on and it's day one, day two and day three, there's some form of disconnection there and I couldn't work it out. But, um, you know, the last nine holes, it's always, you know, the suspense, the edge of your seat feeling. That's what it's about and that's what human nature brings. We want that contest in jeopardy. So... That's what I've designed it off, boys, and I hope the um, you know the fans can see that and get behind it. Deke, just before we let you go, December 23, have you committed to a, a host venue for your first event? Uh, we've got we've got uh, a couple of options at the moment, and we'll be announcing that in early 23, Andy. Good luck. Uh, it's yeah, fascinating. Good luck, There's a lot of stuff going on in golf at the moment, mate, and everybody's. So most intentions, I think, are in the right place, and this sounds like one of those. So um, we'll wait and see where it goes. But uh, those of us who love the game are int- intrigued to see uh, how it all plays out, mate. Thanks for joining us, and good luck with it. Thanks, boys. Appreciate the chat.
Dee Smith, the founder of Ultra Golf Championship, a 10-city team, modified scoring system competition, and Melbourne has got a team in the initial inaugural playing of the event. No, no, it's Dermot. It's Dermot. I've been saying that all day. Just in case people have just joined us, Dermot, stop getting so antsy about it. I'm not. Yeah, I can feel you sort of give it. Oh, I'm antsy saying, that you keep bringing it up. Just move on. Why is he saying that again? Well, people join the show from time to time. Oh. And it's like letting them know that you're not gay. Well, now, listen, we need so to we've point wasted out, time now. We've been making a bit of an error. Well, I have been. It's basically your, your fault because you spooked me at the start of the show. <laughs> We're at the King Island Golf and Bowls Club. I dropped the bowls after you said, oh, bowls in there. I, the do, I don't going, know. Oh, I asked oh, oh. the, the question. The club's out there, mate. So it's, and the bowlers who are in the house right now, and there are many bowlers in here, are getting a little shirty that we're calling it the King Island Golf Club and not the King Island Golf and Bowls Club. So mm. I'm just very mindful uh, for them that we are their guests. <laughs> when did mindful just become an everyday word? That's oh, a good word, though. When you became aware. Mindful. Sounds a bit posher. Or mindful has been used in place of aware and remembering. I'll tell you what I'm mindful of right now and aware of at the same time. We are in the we are in the presence of King Island royalty. Oh yeah. I don't know how long King Island's been around with with human beings on. A couple of million years, I'd say. Maybe particularly people who have been farming cattle. Oh right. On, that on, on King Island, but Roger Clemens is one of those. And may I say. What a joy it is to be on your island. Thanks for having us. Well, that, that's terrific. We're glad you're here and uh, giving us worldwide exposure <laughs> to this wonderful place. <laughs> well, we do. And, and yeah. by the way, yes. it, the golf club is 90 years old. The bowlers only joined in the 60s. Well, don't go oh, having a... Don't go Johnny having a come lately, well, don't eh? go creating a civil war between the golfers and the bowlers. We're trying to be here magnanimous and joyful, and well, you're creating a wedge between your, the golfers and the bowlers well, here. Well, we've got to live with each other. Unless we keep us, you know, on their toes and a bit stirred up, well, you know, it'd be boring. That's a very, it's a very good question. Is there a kind of simmering... You know, animosity between the two? Oh, we try. <laughs> right. Is that years... like the difference between your surf club and your clubbies? Well, <laughs> it would be. Those who just come down for the, the drinks at sunset. <laughs> yeah. Well, well it's, it's worse from the grassy miners and us rural types. Oh, that, that is enemy. Oh, hello. <laughs> so who do you support in the three-team footy comp down here? Well, I, I uh, support North football, but I'm a cricketer, really, and I... Sort of captained and looked after Curry, and, many... loved, and loved beating North when we played cricket. Are there three cricket teams as well as no, there's three... no more cricket. Cricket's gone from yeah, the yeah. They the uh, local government, local council took the pitch, pitch out. out of the beautiful oval down there. That's magnificent. And, the picket uh, fence oval I, down I've here. I've been in stress for a long time over that. When did they do that? Well, about ten or fifteen years ago. Oh, but I, I, I was a bit old anyway to make a comeback, so it really doesn't matter so, for me. What that, about the legacy uh, of those following you, Roger? That's a very selfish <laughs> attitude you're adopting there, if I may say so. Well, you've got to stick up for yourself a bit. <laughs> you're the last Premiership captain, eh? Oh, I don't there think you go. No, no, well, <laughs> the only are, living there Premiership player. There are a couple player. of young blokes coming up yeah. who were challenging his runs, mate, for the club record. He wanted to nip that in the bud straight away. The, the competition. <laughs> anyway. Is there any yeah, you are. That's you, passed. Right, okay. No but, worries. Roger, you are the beef baron of... Well, King Island, a, yeah? According, according to um, some people who are totally misinformed, <laughs> there's, a few, there's a few of us here yeah. who uh, enjoy being beef farmers. Um, in my case, our family's been here for over 100 years. We've got a nice little spread together. And I'm in the process of handing it over to my sons. Yep. So I'm in, in a little bit of stress because I've got to retire. 
and I feel quite fit and healthy. Well, you can just spend more time man manicuring the golf club, Andy. Well, I help my mate put mowing the uh, fairways each one, right. each week, and uh, <laughs> that gives me a bit of pleasure because I can see the grass growing and thinking, geez, the cattle are going well this week. <laughs> so we've been told, and, and you might dispel this, but we've been told there's approximately, what is it, 400,000, is that right? Um, um, wallabies. Oh, wallabies. Wallabies. How, what's the wallaby population? Uh, what's the cattle population? What's the human population down here? Well, the, the wallaby population is um, out of control, uh, and we try and manage that. Manage in it. In a careful way. Okay, humane. Um, people, there's about 1,500, 1,600 people. And beef cattle, well... We're actually 23, 24% of Tasmania's beef herd. Wow. On this little island. All grass fed. What's that work out to in raw numbers? I don't know Tasmania, so. Well, okay. we, we ship off 40,000 head a year for slaughter and, and to feedlots. Yep. But uh, there's uh, about half a million cattle in Tasmania. We've got 130, 40,000 of them. Wow. Yeah. So and, and we're yeah. a very productive island. Now, you go, we will go through the township, and it's a beautiful little town. There, were, there is one razzmatazz, discotheque-looking business in there, the way it's put together. It's the butcher's. The butcher's oh, shop it's, it's looks sensational. It looks like it's been built by a nightclub technician. Surely it can't be that lucrative. I, I thought you were going to talk about the roundabout <laughs> on Christmas Day. No, butcher shop is fantastic. It is unbelievable. What's the roundabout? It's good. What's so special what happens about on the roundabout? roundabout? Well, there's yeah. a bloody anchor there. We need something oh, to hang on right. to. Okay. Okay. How no, no, the butcher yep. shop, look, it's, it, it's actually started off with a couple of old guys years and years ago, but recently... A group of King Island farmers got together and took it over, and it's all jazzed up. And That's it's him. A very modern. It's not me, mate. That'd be. It's not me. Got something to be finger no in finger in that pie. You got a few oh. finger in a few. I'll, I'll, I'll stick to breeding and fattening. Thanks. A few shark pies <laughs> down here, I reckon. So you, you mentioned breeding there. What is, is it, Angus? I, from the distance, they look like Angus to me. What's the What's the breed that you specialise down here? Well, everyone loves Angus. Oh, I've got. Short horns and Angus, right. <laughs> and I love my short horns. Okay. But British breed, that's what gives the good stuff. That's yep. our King Island beef brand. That's the quality product that we produce here. So you, and, and may you all taste some at some stage. I was going to ask you about that because you are, we're talking to Roger Clemens, who's the, as Dermot so eloquently put, the beef baron of King Island, uh, joining us. But fourth generation, I think, family yep. down here. The growth in the King Island dairy and the produce that's come off this little island, and it's globally renowned now um, for the quality of it all. How, as a King Islander, how proud are you that, that you've got um, not only some world-class golf courses that you can showcase now and a beautiful natural landscape to live on, but have this beautiful produce that comes off the island? Oh, it makes you pretty proud. Yeah. We're, um, well, we've, we've gone on a program really of a best practice, quality assurance, because we're here remote, it costs you to get animals off the island quite a bit on a live boat these days. We used to have an abattoir, an export abattoir, and we built a brand around that, King Island Beef, and also the dairy industry with the cheeses, yep, which yep. are world quality, win prizes all the time. Yep. So we've actually got a fantastic rural industry here, and well recognised. I mean, we're, we're pretty wrapped. How big's the kelp industry here? We've got the kelp drying sort of yards just out the back of here somewhere. We've driven past a couple kelp, of times. Andy. They're pretty, what do you mean? 
It employs two men and a dog. Well, well, hey, I'm, I'm asking Roger the question. Oh, okay, I mean, you sorry. Know, if you'd like to take over, by all means. I'll well, start again. Roger, how proud? Can you tell us, uh, take us inside the kelp well, the, industry the, down here, the, please? The, the kelp just sort of happens. You get a storm and in she rolls. Oh, so you're saying there's nothing to it. You're having to go to the kelp farmers now, eh? You've had a go at the bowlers. Now you're having to go at the kelp farmers. Well, some people really enjoy carting kelp at six in the morning and getting their space and getting wet and cold and miserable. In I, fact, I haven't experienced that personally. One of them tried to drive out onto an onto an island today, yeah, just, just offshore, yeah. and the road the tide out, came the in. The tide comes in and the road disappears. So it's stuck out there all day. Well. Bad luck. Right. <laughs> Looking after hey, Roach, Cal. just as, um, uh, you know, for our fact-finding mission down here, I think it'd be great if you turned up tomorrow morning at 5.30 and took Andy out on a kelp no, farming no mission. Chance. No, Look, mate, I'm involved in succession planning. I've got to be serious tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd love to, but I'm sure someone else would take him up we on need to. We need to let you go and get Adam Healing in, who's the president, may I say, of King Island Tourism. Kitty. Kitty. What does that mean? Well, King Island Tourism, whatever oh, there it is. You go. Oh, what yeah. do you have to say about him? We played golf with him today. He's a lovely bloke, gregarious Adam, sort of personality. Adam, what do you got to Adam say about him? lives up the road to me. He's become <laughs> a farmer, so he tells me because I sold him a few head. <laughs> and, and, he, and he's out there mowing on this little mower to sort of keep things nice around the house. <laughs> And he hit a branch the other week and came clean off his mower. So I'm not sure where yeah, he is. It's a wild time down there. Before you Island. go. Absolute wild time down here on King Island. Can you tell, you're involved in breeding as well. Can you tell us about your best bull and what he's capable oh, of? Dermot, why are you so interested well, in the reproductive because behaviour I've, I've, of bulls? I've got a little, tiny, little herd oh, of no, yeah. myself. Tiny little one. Well, I, I, why do you always go to the smut angle? Herd I was talking about. Oh. Well, I, I've got a... Roger's bringing out the worst. I've got I've got a few shorthorn bulls. Oh, I know, yeah. And they're in with the cows, oh, and they're going beautifully. Oh, okay. The cows are happy, the calves are happy, and the bulls are really. They happy. reload really quick, don't they? <laughs> well, they do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's an explosion that you just can't believe. Oh, Roger, please. On that note, we need to let you go. We've talked about the King Island Dairy quite enough. Uh, thanks for coming on. Beef, the, the, beef, yeah, beef. And the beef. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the anyway, dairy has to come from somewhere, doesn't it? Well, they're cows. That's right. Well, they're, you know, same sort of thing. Milking cows. Well, they're the same sort of thing. They're, they're different brown, cattle. They're brown things and they're on four skinny you legs. The, they, you can't tell them apart from a well, distance. Well, you ever tried got, to milk a steer? No, no I have not. We've, we've but got, people do, don't they? For, <laughs> no, for, no, no, what they is don't. wrong well, with no, you? No, for, they milk, well, some people they do it for milk. fun, but other people do but, it for reproduction. Hey, they milk no, heifers. Not steers. They can't milk a steer, mate, because they Got nothing to milk. I'm not talking about milking them, Roger. <laughs> I'm talking about other bulls. He's, can't a, be he's milked. gone. I'm talking he's, about he's other bulls. I'll tell you Roger. what, you need a bit of an edge. You need to stay here long. <laughs> My go. word, he does, listen. Roger. I know what I'm talking about. And some real sick units out there know what I'm talking about as well. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks very much. Yeah, Roger, thanks I've for really coming. I really enjoyed it. No, it's a beautiful uh, moment to have you on. Good we'll on let, you, we'll Roger. Let Roger go. Oh, I'm just turning myself off there. You're uh, flustered. Well, I was going into an area I was getting a little uncomfortable with, but and I didn't know, disappointed that you and Roger didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> what, milking steers? Well, maybe we That's where you that. went. Well, well milking, if, you know, milking in inverted commas. But anyway, let's not worry what about that What the hell now. are you talking about? Adam Healy, you played golf with us today. Yes. good uh, man. I didn't know, you, we played golf with you today. Yep. You're a beautiful striker of the agate, and we knew that you're a, you know, a, a farmer of some renown. That's being brought into some question. Well, well, Roger. Well, look, you know, sort of, I think Roger, Roger was a bit nasty there. Um, <laughs> right. 
I've been um, I've been in the cattle business now for two years. <laughs> well done. Yeah, mate. you're a veteran. A yeah. veteran. Um, I don't know what they all whinge about. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> you go out each day, you look at them, come back. Yeah. They reckon but, a good a good a good cattleman is actually a good grass grower. Well, that's uh, well. That's all there is to it, and uh, all it does here is rain. You don't have to do much to make the grass grow here. <laughs> and all you need to know is if they've got their head down, they're working. Well, that's right. Or they're, Isn't that you right? Know, they're either you know, working or they're resting. You know, they sleep or eat here. Well, yeah. that's pretty but, much all there is to it. The bulls do something cow. in between, though, Adam. The, the bulls get up to a well, bit more well, than that. They make a right royal mess, according to Roger. It's an explosion. <laughs> it's quite fruity language. Well, How long busy. have you been the president of King Island Tourism? Well, I've been here for about five years and I've been the uh, president of tourism for about um, four years and 11 months. Um, <laughs> Did you, was he self-anointed? Did well, you give yourself the title or was it No, was no, it no, 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 no. I was uh, unanimously uh, voted in. Um, right. Yeah. There was no one else that, um, <laughs> that went for the job. Um, <laughs> so you beat a, a tough field. Killed it, as yeah, you would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, no. But you've got that countrified, uh, uh, earthy R.M. Williams look about you. Well, three years at Queensland Ag College. I was, ah, uh, there and, you go. And sort of, it rubbed off. So you're not a King Islander? No, no. I um, originally uh, Northern New South Wales in Queensland, and then um, and my wife and I uh, so, sort of sold up our business and um, and went on tour. We came over here for a weekend and fell in love with it. Why did you fall in love with it? Well, it's a community to begin with. You're yeah. not you're not going to meet better people. Um, you know, you 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 guys will find it after a couple of days. Yeah. Um, once you're here, you you know they are the salt of the earth people yeah. and. Then you start realising that you're in this this island, which is nothing short of beautiful it's and wild. Yeah, um, yeah. And you can have some days which are which are perfect, and there's not a lot of those. It's either blowing or there's a bit of wind, but you embrace that, and it makes you feel alive the whole time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're a keen golfer, clear, and a good golfer. Now that now that we've so we've had this beautiful course out here for 90 years at King Island, the, the yep. public course. Now that you have these two world class. Um, golf courses to offer from a tourism perspective. How um, how impatient are you, if that's the right word, to have it out there? Let the world know that we've got these two golf courses here that if you're serious about your love of the game, you need to just get down here and play. Well, Andy, it's a, it's a tough position to be in as the tourism president with a, where the job is to get more numbers in. Yep. But then, you know, sort of on the other hand, where you're a local... You can just duck up to the, you know, any of these courses, just jump on. You've got no one on there. Yeah. Um, no one in front of you, no one behind you. It's a lovely feeling. Yeah, you know, yeah, so, yeah. Um, But you do want to have someone. You want to have a shoot. You want to, yeah. in a perfect world, you do want to have to, you know, book in and get around and have a couple of people out on the course with you. Well, we're getting 8,000 rounds now and uh, a year, and I think that we can grow that by about another 5,000 and it will still be comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... The, you know, the island is, you know, sort of, it's, it's also, we don't want to change it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you've got on, on something there, if I can just interject. This place, this is my third time here. Yep. Each time I come here, it remi- reminds me of my childhood down the Mornington Peninsula in the mid-1970s. Sort of untouched. It's not overdeveloped. There's not, I mean, you've still got the mod cons here, which you can go to, but there's this beautiful era about the place around here. You were so right, Norman, it's like taking it back. You know, sort of, it, I, I think this place will remind everyone of their childhood. You know, sort of where 
you, you, it's you true. Had, the thing is, you don't want to tell too many people, but you know, people leave their keys in the car. You know, sort of they, oh. you, you're, 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 you're not worried about anything here. You, you said know, keys, of, not kids. Well, kids too. You know, right. sort of, you go in the car park there. I'm right. sure there'd be about twenty. Uh, <laughs> that is a joke. No, 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 no. no. Uh, they're all at the bar. Yeah, 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 do, yeah, do, yeah. do people? But it, like in some country towns, do people lock their houses at night? Do they leave the keys well, in the you're car? Well, no, I'm to come not. Down here and burn the exactly. Job. We don't want to encourage the wrong people. No, I'm asking right, yeah. about the community. Yeah. There's a lot of. There's, it's a great community aspect there, down there, here, and it's trust. And, yeah, there's yeah. an extraordinary amount of trust on the island. So. You know, sort of, no, people, people, you know, sort of, are not, um, you know, sort of concerned about locking everything and anything being stolen. So, you know, it, 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 it is going back 50 years where, you know, it's all about the community. The community, you know, sort of looks after itself. And, um, yeah, the, the honesty factor here is, is incredible. Yeah, it's I thought so. And it's you wouldn't need to be Sherlock Holmes. If there's two blokes flown in on a plane <laughs> and one's coming from... <laughs> Clifton Hill and the other from Frankston and your keys go missing, you oh, probably go to Frankston. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in trouble. You probably are. Hey, Adam, thanks for having us out on the golf course today and um, having us here yeah. this afternoon. It's glorious. It's been a joy. We can't wait for tomorrow and I know we're going to have a meal together tonight, so uh, there's a bit to look forward to. Um, thanks for having us. And oh. Let's get more people down here. It's a, it's a, it's a jewel. Yeah, it really no, is. look, it, it is a jewel in the crown of Tasmania. Um, we've got uh, world-class uh, golf courses. You know, you, you, we will always be, we, we have been, we are, and we will be a primary production island. So you can come in and immerse yourself in the, the country atmosphere yep. and, uh, and with the, uh, the primary producers. And, uh, yeah, welcome everyone down. Once they get it in their system, they cannot get it out. Oh, you're that's why man. you're here. You're a good man. For the primary producer licence, eh? Hey? Well, you can see Tax I've got a bit too much <laughs> We're going over time here. Thanks, Adam. Good on you, mate. Adam Healy Thanks, joining us, the president of King Island Tourism. No, not Gazy. It's Doom. We're just about done, Doom. We're out in about a minute's time. Are you, or you fancy yourself as a bit of a farmer? Well, I love it. It's great What's fun. the best thing about being a landowner slash farmer for you? We've met some real farmers down here. Yeah. You're yep. a bit of a pretend one, but what do you... <laughs> That's right. What do you That's like? Right. That's dead right. Um, what do you like the most well, about Well, I've it? just showed you yes, yeah. my phone where I'm pregnancy testing a couple of heifers. Yes, you are. That's not a polite job. Well, no, it's... They, no. I'm sure What's they the best only, part about having land? They enjoy the intrusion. Um, well, maybe they do. Just... <laughs> no, they don't. Although, I don't maybe know. Maybe they had a good um, time. Yeah. Just... Open space. Yeah, 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 yeah. The open space. There's something about that. There's the something about yeah, if no. you have that fortunate experience where you can look at the fo- furthest thing you can see and you say, oh, that's, that's ours. That's ours. Oh, yeah. that, that's exactly what I Having thought. Having said that, where yeah. I own property, it's worth about $1.50 an acre. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> She's pretty arid and barren. Which is not the case down here. <laughs> oh, no. There's a bloke yeah. making a squee and just capturing, capturing rainwater here, and it is the freshest, most pure water on the planet, I reckon. Yeah, well, it's all coming out of the Southern Ocean. The cleanest air yeah. it's falling from. Gee, I thought you were going to go somewhere else there. No, again. I was not. We're going to play Cape Weekend tomorrow. We'll have a chat about that then. Good. Hey, Ruth.